is the Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I mean, we've done Christmas, but I still feel I should tell you that it's, you know, to be merry. Well, at least ask you to be. Or wish you merry. Let's start again. Hi, I'm Vinny. How are you doing? Uh, this is the show sandwiched beautifully between Christmas and New Year. It's a news-flavoured fruitcake with comedy icing, bringing you last week's news with probably less effort than usual because I'm safe in the knowledge that you're mildly drunk. Good evening. Vinnie White is the name. 71010 is the text. That doesn't work very well. Um, I just got back from Windsor today. Windsor, Ontario. Probably the most beautiful town in uh, Ontario. I think we'll all not agree. Um, I uh, I have a girlfriend. Yes, me. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. I, I'm, I'm still baffled. One of these days she'll find out what I'm really like and she will be out of here like a rocket. But right now she's got no idea, safe in the knowledge, that I'm actually a charmingly nice man. <laughs> she'll learn. Hey. <laughs> She's not listening. Um, anyway, I've got a girlfriend. She's from Windsor. She lives in Toronto. And I decided it would be nice to spend Christmas in Windsor um, with her family, who are lovely. And she's devastatingly wonderful. And it was all very kind and loving and uh, safe, secure and rather charming, really. So as much as it was tempting to criticise Windsor for not being the most beautiful town in the world, um, it was nice. It was very pleasant. Although I did stay in the suburbs for two days, which makes me ever so slightly feel like committing an atrocity but uh didn't do it so that's nice anyway back here now in the city that never well i mean it's it, it, it rarely sleeps how about that it's no new york but hey it's pretty bloody good and it's nice to be back um and doing this here radio show we're going to be talking about on this show over the next hour a cat burglar all the important stuff uh 10 ways the world got better in 2015 and don't know yet because i haven't really thought it through as I said, you know, I mean, there's a lack of journalistic integrity at the best of times. I feel right now I can just about cruise through the next hour. In these headphones, I've actually got music playing. It's like a radio run. Just going to chip through it and see what happens. Uh, but first of all, let's start with this. And this could be a long one. So pin your ears back, sweet cheeks. As 2015 draws to a close you'd be hard-pressed to find anyone who'd claim that it's been a good year for the human race. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to tell you that that's not the case. The bad news has been relentless. War in Syria, a refugee crisis in Europe, earthquakes in Nepal, terrorist attacks in Paris, the continuing existence of music churned out by Simon Cowell and his bland music machine, mass shootings in the US, and almost everything Donald Trump did, said or thought. Although I think said and thought is the same thing with Trump. No filter. Not even that hair slows down the words of a bigot. If you are on social media, you'll be probably a bit pissed off with the relentless and maddening stupid apparent solutions to the problems in Israel that people have been posting this year. And if you're on social media, you will have seen good friends post maddeningly stupid apparent solutions to problems with immigration. So overwhelmingly stupid, you should assume their accounts have been hacked by the KKK. It is weird, now we're all so connected, to see just how stupid some of us are. And I think that spotlight has been shining this year, where before you sort of bumbled through thinking, it was all right, wasn't it? This year, and so many years of late, you're so connected to the world that you might just be forgiven for thinking that things are going down like a fart in an elevator. But no, my friend, things aren't that bad. 
If you're on social media, you've probably seen people predicting that Justin Trudeau is about to pull his face off and reveal himself as a baby-eating demon whose policies revolve around shooting fluffy bunnies while demanding everyone sets their children on fire. But it's not true. It's a lot of scare tactics and a lot of frightened people. But actually, the world isn't that bad. And in a moment, I'm going to tell you 10 ways the world got better in 2015. Yes, it's possible. You might be forgiven for thinking the world is on its last legs and there's no such thing as good news. You might think the world is screwed. We might all just hide out the back with all the windows boarded up and eat canned food because Armageddon is here and even baby kittens are enrolling in ISIS and beheading fellow kittens. You'd be wrong, though. Things aren't that bad. And 2015 is nearly behind us. And as Franklin Roosevelt once said, the test of our progress is not whether we add more to the abundance of those who have much, it's whether we provide enough for those who have too little. Admittedly, he did say that before the USA became greedier than a recovering anorexic bear at an all-you-can-eat porridge event, but things aren't that bad. And to prove it, I'm going to give you 10 ways the world got better in 2015. First of all, actually, we could probably just finish with this. There's beer in convenience stores nearly here in Ontario. Should we, should we call it a day on that? Apparently you want more. All right. One of the ten ways that the world got better this year, despite what you may be thinking, things are groovy, baby. One of those reasons is this. We got a lot closer to a global universal education. In April this year, UNESCO released a report on the status of global education showing that in nearly the last 15 years, the number of children around the world without access to education has nearly halved from 100 million to 57 million. This is thanks to an increased appreciation of the benefits of education and to increased government provision and the increases to mandatory minimum years of schooling. It's an incredible achievement. It means that we are now in a world where 9 out of 10 children are learning to read and write. The World Bank now says that we're only one generation away from a world where every single person is literate. At this rate, people in Canada will learn to use the word literally correctly, and that herbs has an H on it, and hawk is spelt with a W. It's not hawk. It's not hawk, because it's hawk. Eagle. Hawk. W. Had this argument this week. I lost. Apparently you can't move to someone else's country and tell them how to speak. We had an empire! Ten ways the world got better in 2015. Extreme poverty dropped below 10%, the lowest rate on record. The number of people in extreme poverty, defined as living on less than $1.90 a day, fell to 702 million this year. 9.6% of the global population. Sounds bad, it is quite crap, but hey, that's down from 902 million, or 12.8% in 2012. It's the lowest number of people living in extreme poverty in the last 200 years, and it gives us fresh evidence that a quarter-century-long effort is moving the world closer to ending poverty by 2030. As Jim Yong King, the president of the World Bank, says, this is the best story in the world today. These projections show that we're the first generation in human history that can end poverty. The words there of the president of the World Bank, Jim Yong Kim, not to be mixed up with Kim Jong-un, a man who is helping reduce poverty in his own way by killing members of his family. Less mouths to feed. 
not to confuse the two. Unfortunately, the world is pretty screwed as the gap between rich and poor is bigger than ever and most governments seem to be confusing criminal bankers with slightly naughty children and encourage them to do not such terrible things by buying them new playthings and telling them that they're still daddy's favourite. But hey, they'll always be bankers. They'll always be wankers. Ten ways the world got better in 2015. Number three, more people got connected to the internet than ever before. Globally, that's now 3.2 billion people online, 2 billion of whom are watching porn, while the other 1.2 billion look at cat videos. Uh, in 2000, these numbers were 300 million and 100 million respectively. It means that the number of people with internet access have seen an eightfold increase in 15 years. Of course, there's still a long way to go in the least developed countries. Only 9.5% of the population have internet access, compared with 35.3% of the developing countries and 82% for developed countries like us here in Canada. But those numbers are changing fast. Africa's internet capability, for example, has grown by 51% in just the past five years. People are getting connected. Judging by my inbox, Nigeria seems to be very connected because every week a rich billionaire uncle I didn't know I had died, which is sad and I was very upset about it, but it doesn't matter because I'm not stupid and I know a good thing when I see one. And all I have to do is donate a small deposit of $12,000 to the benefactors of his estate and I'll get real money. It's definitely going to happen. It is going to happen. Is it? Being online means new online business opportunities for people in the new world. New revenue streams for residents of poor countries. And immigrants of Canada. MrPhotoCanvas.com See, I wedged it. See, I wedged it in. What I did, I took a stat that was making the world better and I turned it into an ad for my company. Is that sick? Okay. You're listening to 10 Ways the World Got Better This Year, did it? Yes, it did! Number four, AIDS deaths came down for the 15th year in a row. In the 1980s and 1990s, AIDS was seldom out of the headlines. We got used to seeing daily reports of the devastation it caused. But now, for the first time this year, we saw the possibility of an HIV-free generation now within sight. The UN says that uh, 41% of all people who are HIV positive are now being treated, nearly double the percentage in 2010, and there are 2 million new HIV infections around the world, which is the lowest since the year 2000. Not great news, but definitely a step in the right direction. So, is the world getting worse? <laughs> I mean, there are problems. But here's another reason that the world's getting better. Malaria death rates are at a record low. Malaria is one of the world's biggest killers responsible for the deaths. Astronomical numbers, in fact, more than all the car accidents in the world. In the past decade, though, we've finally got serious about tackling the disease, and that's thanks to the scale-up of three key malaria control interventions. Insecticide-treated mosquito nets just being one of them, other clever things as well. Since the millennium, nearly one billion insecticide-treated mosquito nets have been distributed in sub-Saharan Africa alone, which has meant a massive drop in the amount of cases of malaria. Globally, the number of malaria deaths has fallen nearly a million in the last few years. That means we've saved an estimated 6.2 million people from malaria in the last 15 years, which, without baffling all the figures, the fact is, it's been quite a lot to do with the fact that a few American billionaires have got together and donated money to sort stuff out like this. So that's good. Being bitten by a mosquito is already as much fun as being stuck behind that idiot on the 
highway that thinks the fast lane is for going slowly. I hate that guy. Drove back today. I hate that guy. But getting malaria is about as much fun as Scientology. We need to wipe it out. Is that wrong? Is that all right? No one likes Scientologists, do they? No, I think both so far were funny. Okay, good. <laughs> What's that fella um, that was married to Nicole Kidman? The little fella. Not John Travolta. No, uh, Tom Cruise. He's one, isn't Another he? famous Scientologist. Is he a listener? Uh, oh, yeah. Famous mm. listener. Sorry about that, mate. Ten ways the world is getting better in 2015. Number six, polio is about to be eradicated for good. 25 years ago, a number of international healthcare organisations set out on a quest to stamp out polio throughout the world. With 350,000 children affected and more than 1,000 paralysed daily, it seemed like an unlikely goal. Since then, more than $9 billion has been invested thanks to people like Bill Gates and more than 2.5 billion children across the world have received vaccinations. Polio is being eradicated. Amazing. I think the reason I got so excited is I may have read polo shirts are being eradicated. They're preppy. They're preppy. Don't need them. Number seven in your reasons of ten that the world got better in 2015. Fewer people went hungry this year than ever before. Is this the expansion of Denny's? No. This is 7.3 billion people on the planet now. An estimated 805 million or one in nine, suffered from chronic hunger between 2012 and 2014. However, that number has dropped by around 200 million since a quarter of a century ago. That's pretty impressive, especially when considering the world's population grew by 1.9 billion people during the same period. It's happening. This year, actually, I'm not sure this is relevant, but it is quite fascinating. I had a poutine in Nicaragua. Didn't know you could do that. Little bar called the uh, Loose Moose. I don't, I don't think that's exactly what's worth throwing it in. If you can get poutine in developing countries, everyone's going to be all right. It could go the wrong way quite quickly. I think it already is. More people have access to clean water. Yes, another reason that actually the world did get better in 2015. Probably the least talked about success stories of 2015 was one of the most important. This year, the number of people without access to improved drinking water fell below 700 million for the first time in history. It means that more than 6.6 billion people, or 91% of all of us, has improved drinking water, up from 76% in 1990. Here in Canada, we've got so much clean water, we started drinking Sunny D. A drink so foul, it used to be called Sunny Delight, didn't it? And then they removed the Delight and made it Sunny D, which is uh, almost definitely short for Sunny Disgusting. Sunny D. Or is it, Sunny, don't give it to my children or they'll run to Vancouver before sleeping for six months. Actually, it was a marketing uh, ploy to get people to believe that it had uh, vitamin D in it. Oh, that's even worse. I thought that it might be like the Advertising Standards Council said you can't call it delight because you can't prove it gives you delight. No, I think they chose to change it. Tonight, I'm here to tell you that Sunny D probably does have vitamin D in it and also lots of sugar. Do you know how I know? I tried it. The other thing that you can use for um, vitamin D is um, sun. Although I haven't seen a sniff of that around here for a while. Ten reasons that the world got better in 2015. Child mortality plunged for the 43rd year in a row. Children are, I mean, as we know, they're evil. But it's nice to have them around, isn't it? 
you know, those expensive fun sponges that keep you from the pub and often send you indirectly, at least, to marriage guidance counselling. Well, they don't even drive, do they? But they are, according to Michael Jackson, who seem to know a little bit too much about children, our future. And they are important. So, therefore, it's good news that the mortality rate for children under five has dropped in virtually every country. This is thanks to progress in the fights against diseases such as malaria, tuberculosis, and new things like vitamin A supplements, new HIV AIDS medication and better treatment of diarrhoea and pneumonia. It means that in 2015, for the first time on record, the global child mortality rate, defined as child deaths under the age of five, dropped below the six million mark. And then the final reason that the world's getting better, in case you're feeling a bit depressed about things, and hopefully we've turned that around a little bit, is uh, reason 10. Which is, uh, we reached a tipping point in the fight against climate change. Now you could say, whoa, whoa hang on, Vinny, you've spouted some pretty big bull. But that one doesn't seem to be uh, even possible to negotiate. We all know that climate change is worse than ever. Well, kind of. Loads of stuff happened this year. The first was that in 2015, it looks set to be the hottest record on year, which is in itself bad news. The temperatures have risen by about one degree since the Industrial Revolution. But the five-year period between 2011 and 2015, being the hottest on record, managed to make sure that we all started having a conversation. The world has moved on, and the contrarians that believe that fossil fuels don't cause greenhouse gases that don't heat up the planet are as dying relics as fossil fuels themselves, really. The Paris climate talks were the first of their kind, and that's a good thing. Change only comes after conversation. So watch this space world. So, things are looking up. Children may ruin your parties, ruin future, smash your dreams, make you buy a boring car, invade your sex life and use their underpants as a toilet, but it's nice to have them around. Ideally, they'd all be in a different room or a house, but it's nice to have them around. And the world is getting stronger, and in some ways more united. So there are 10 ways the world got better in 2015. It's easy to be cynical and maintain that nothing is ever getting better, but the empirical evidence flatly contradicts this view. Looking at what we've already achieved as a species should give us confidence from going forward into the future. The world that we live in is getting better. Toronto is getting better. We are getting better. Maybe one day, Toronto taxi drivers might discover the four very small orange lights on each corner of their cars so that they can communicate with other road users where they intend to go. That would be nice, but let's not expect miracles. Nearly got run over on the way here. Just a little note. World's getting better. I'm knackered. Let's go to break. You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. <laughs> I love your text messages. Text messages coming in on 71010. Uh, one here from Understandably Anonymous says, The world may be getting better for everyone else, but it's not for me. I've spent the entire Christmas with my mother-in-law. Swear word. Hey, man. You've got to get out. You've just got to get out. Make an excuse. Go to the fridge, pour all the milk milk away, and then go, oh, we've got a little milk. You've got to get out. 
and just go for a long drive. It's all right. I like my mother-in-law, so it's all right. Well, I haven't got a mother-in-law. Have you got? Is it a mother-in-law if, if you're not married, Pat? Do I have to be married to have a mother-in-law? Mm-hmm. To have a mother-in-law, yes, because the law part isn't that the legal contract of marriage. So what's your girlfriend's mum called? Your girlfriend's mum? Yes. Mm. That got... very lovely lady who you will <laughs> never criticize. What's your girlfriend's mum called? Perfect. That's what she's exactly. called. Yeah, exactly. Precious. Precious. Cat burglar Theo returns to thieving. All the important news right here on News Talk 1010. Cat burglars. Now, when I read Cat Burglar Theo returns to thieving, I thought, oh, no, some idiot called Theo is driving around a local neighbourhood taking cats away, hence Cat Burglar. No. No. This is a pet cat with a track record for stealing. A cat burglar. A cat that is a burglar. Oh. A pet cat with a track record for stealing has slipped back into his criminal ways despite convincing his owner he was a reformed character. This is kleptomaniac Theo from Eastern England. All the people from there are dodgy. He first hit the headlines in 2013 for stealing Christmas decorations. I almost remember a story about a thieving cat from England that was taking people's keys and all a sort of shiny valuables that it could get into its mouth. That is eerily familiar. I might have heard that 2013. Moment. I think you did. And this, you would think, Pat, having given that the global coverage that this story definitely, definitely deserves, that that cat would have heard about his news travelling around the world of his thieving and reformed himself. Would you not think that, Pat? Yes, he's now a notorious international criminal. Yeah. Recently, he's been stealing toy food, including a pineapple and an eggplant toy food. We're deeply ashamed of our cat, said the owner, especially as he had convinced us that he'd changed his criminal ways. His owner had wrote to neighbours. Rachel Drought created a leaflet for her neighbours in a bid to reunite the stolen items with their rightful owners. She said, This year has been relatively quiet, save for some small catalogues and the odd flat balloon, until a few days ago, when evil Theo started bringing home all kinds of things. She said in a letter to neighbours, So far we have um, toy cheese, uh, a fluffy green pepper... Um, some plastic fish, plastic pineapple, uh, an aubergine, which is British people's word for an eggplant, and a felt basket that you can put them all in. Do this cat go shopping? Yeah. It's disgusting. Why did they feed the cat more? It sounds like all of the items are food related. They're food related. They are food related, but that's this is in a court of law, Pat. I'm not sure that it would stand up that the cat is hungry. I think the cat knows that it's not food, being that. Uh, a fake pineapple is very dissimilar in size to an original pineapple, and I don't think cats are attracted to real pineapples. That's a good point. See what I'm doing? Reading into it too deeply, that's what I'm doing. Theo, a five-year-old Siamese cross, also managed to bring home a child's jacket. I mean, that is crossing the line. A small child's jacket. Very, or this very is a small, panther. yes. panther. Well, actually, it's a body warmer, but that's still a jacket-type thing. Ah, Earlier this year, he stole a catalogue from a house down the street owned by a policeman. 
How Wait. does a cat carry a catalogue? Cat bags. Cat bags. Like donkeys. I reckon he, he's probably stolen some sort of device that he can throw over himself. He's probably stolen a mini rucksack or two. A cat satchel. Cat satchel. He probably dresses up as a postman, so no one suspects him. Or Postman Pat's cat, at least. There's a, I'll tell you, I wouldn't trust this cat. Among the items stolen in the last couple of years include muslin cloths, fluffy pens, a USB phone charger, and a child's piece of art. Has he got his own house? It sounds a lot of it is like decorations and stuff, like it's creating some sort of pr- presentation. Yeah, there's probably a, a well, Theo's a fella, so there's probably a female cat involved. He's probably trying to woo a cat. He needs to dress up his cat house. <laughs> the owner of the cat said this year she'd managed to reunite items from Theo's Hall with their rightful owners. I wrote the flyers and then luckily managed to find all the things and all the people that they belonged to. You get kind of tired of knocking on neighbours' doors and saying, me again, particularly when the policeman answered. Yeah, well, how do the, you think the neighbours feel? I imagine they all thought she was a liar at first. Like, this woman's just stealing our stuff and thinks she could blame it on the cat and we're going to believe it. Makes you think, doesn't it? If that cat came home with a diamond ring, do you think she'd be putting that on the poster? No. I doubt it. No, she's training that cat. It's the first valuable thing she could make a good score off when yeah. she's off. She's like, Theo, today I want you to find something ridiculous. I don't know, something that probably doesn't exist. A small, fluffy pineapple. He comes back with that. She's like, ah, bang. Right, get some wedding rings. Bingo. Get out there. Disgusting. Um, do you want to do a break now before we talk about one of the flaws in the James Bond movie? Or do you... oh, Really? Well, according to a Toronto neurosurgeon, yes. <laughs> I just saw it and I know what it's talking about. It's so dumb. This is one of those people that's really clever that needs the world to know that he's clever. Yeah, that is absolutely that. Everyone pause for a moment mm-hmm. and be impressed of the obscure knowledge I have. Do you want to do it now? How many breaks have we got to do? At least two more. It's Christmas. Do we have to do them? Especially because it's Christmas. Well, why worry about normal conventional adverts when you can listen to this one? Hey, Pat, why don't you use MrPhotoCanvas.com? I don't have a good reason. I need a, an affordable, convenient uh, place to get my photos resized. When you say resized, do you Blown mean... up. Perhaps on canvas and stretched around a wooden frame in a really sexy way? It's the only way for me. Well, why would you do that, Pat, when you could drive to a well-known Swedish store near the 401 that might well give you a picture of the Eiffel Tower on canvas for a similar price as having your own picture blown up? Why wouldn't you have an Eiffel Tower like everyone else, Pat? Because I'm a creative individual. And that's the sort of impetus that creative, groovy, sexy people like you need to go to MrPhotoCanvas.com. Thanks, mate. All right, now run the boring ads that weren't as good as that. That ad-lib ad, ironically, is a lot better than these. This is The Venny White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Saw Spectre last night after a few glasses of wine. You're kidding me. I saw it last night, yeah. I saw it last night. Did you... uh, Can we talk about how you saw it? Let's just do it without being... We're not allowed to admit if we saw it illegally. Let's just say I've seen The Revenant. It comes out January 8th. I've seen... uh, 
Uh, Hateful Eight, I don't think that one's out yet. Is Spectre out yet? Uh, yeah, uh, not out on DVD. I've seen Legends, that Tom Hardy craze. Uh, so you've biopic. seen lots of films that you shouldn't have seen, which means that you must have seen them through someone's window when they were legitimately watching them from a purchase. Or because we work in show business, That's there it. is a vague possibility people would believe we get screeners. We're not famous enough. Oi, speak for yourself, mate. Oh, Captain Famous If you're here. holding back screeners from me, then that's even worse. Legal ones? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I watched it last night and so did you. And so did a billion other people because there's now a new method of watching it, which I certainly didn't use. So I watched it legitimately. Now, the fact that Pat is a criminal, I would text the show on 71010 and ask for his immediate resignation. Just saying. Um, James Bond's. The Spectre. It's a good film. I mean, you know, it's what you expect, really, isn't it? Exactly what I wanted from a Bond film. Yeah. Exactly what I wanted. The only thing I find is as I get older, I don't know if it's my capacity to retain information or the fact that I'm becoming more choosy about following a plot. I can't stick with it without a little bit of help from someone else in the room. Really? I I always think... I vaguely have, you know, I know what's going on. James Bond is against the wishes of his superiors, gone on a rogue mission to stop a, uh, basically the... Spoiler alert. Yeah, the uh, bad guy version of, you know, the 007s. It's always a group Listen, of guys. Well, you know, I'm not so idiotic to not understand the basics. I'm, my problem is, are they in Morocco or did, are they in Algeria? Oh, no, that's a good point because it does change yes. countries about eight times. I want to know what's going on and where they are. And also, sometimes, because I drank quite a lot of wine towards the end, I forgot how many baddies there were because there's so many to keep hold of. Yes, Dave Batista, the Christoph Waltz. We're not going to ruin it for you, I promise. But in a scene recorded in the Moroccan desert, I now know, Bond baddie Blofeld, played, as you say, by Christoph Waltz, tortures Bond using restraints and a head clamp. That's not a spoiler, is it? Because you knew that Bond was going to get tortured and nearly die. Well, seeing as how Blofeld's an old character and that method of trying to kill James Bond is a complete throwback. Classic. Yeah. Classic from the attic. So there you go. We definitely haven't ruined that. But the goal is to erase 007's memory of faces. Now, why am I telling you this? Blofeld didn't have his brain anatomy down and could have killed Daniel Craig's character. Who said this? Well, I'll tell you who said this. Dr. Michael Cusimano of St. Michael's Hospital, Toronto. Where did he say this? Well, he published a letter in the journal Nature. Hmm? Dr. Cusimano said this week... Actually, aiming to erase Bond's memory of faces, the villain correctly intends to drill into the lateral foriform gyrus, the area of the brain responsible for recognising faces. <laughs> but in practice, the drill was placed in the wrong area, aiming for the neck instead of the brain. <laughs> Whereas the drill should be aimed just in front of 007's ear, it was directed below the mastoid process, under and behind the left ear, said the doctor. It likely would have triggered a stroke or massive hemorrhage. I was spellbound, Dr. Cosimano said, watching the film in a packed theatre, but my enjoyment was somewhat marred by the blunder. I laughed. Imagine sitting next to that guy. I laughed. I think people around me kind of looked at me as if they were wondering why I was laughing, because it's a pretty tense part of the movie where he's about to die. 
I normally love Bond films because of the music, locations and special effects. It's theoretically possible to impair facial recognition by targeting the lateral fuzziform gyrus, but not the correct way to do it efficiently. <laughs> I don't think anybody with the na- same name as a Sopranos character should be criticising people so publicly. I'm losing my legs after this show. Dr. Cosimano was quite happy with the fact that James Bond shot down a helicopter with a handgun from a moving speedboat, however. Yeah, almost impossible. I'll tell you what my problem is, and not a lot of people will have picked up on this. James Bond, in that movie, clearly lives in an apartment in Eaton Square in London, which is one of the, if not the, most expensive areas of London. How can a civil servant afford an apartment there? You have to be a Russian millionaire to get a place there. I suppose as a secret agent, you have access to, you know, like... Then he's a thief! Evil genius thief. diamonds, yeah. Thief! Thiefy McThiefathan! Well, he couldn't do it on, a you know, an SAS pension, which no. would be the storyline, I suppose. If you want this in sort of uh, Canadian equivalent, it would be like a McDonald's worker living in a Forest Hill mansion. Yeah. Thief! I think that's the biggest moral of this. Thief, rubbish, brain surgeon. Pathetic, terrible movie. I wouldn't watch it for free, which I definitely didn't. Get out of that, all right? Yeah, Thanks. I'd say so. Legally, we've uh, we've spun it through enough, you know, loops. Um, I'm quite lackadaisical, this show, being that it's sandwiched between Christmas and New Year and everyone that's listening to us is drunk, particularly if I look at the spelling on the texts. So, for that reason, I'm going to let you choose between the following two options, Pat, the producer. Do you want um, our final chapter of the Holiday Argument CD, or would you rather, what did people in the US get stuck inside themselves this year? Tough one. Things Americans stuck inside themselves this year, I'd, I'd have to say. All right, mate. Actually, we could turn it into a quiz if you want. How about I give you some things and you tell me whether they were found stuck inside an American this year? Deal. In our new game, what did the USA get stuck inside themselves this year? Yes, it's time to plumb the depths of the US Consumer Product Safety Commission's database of emergency room visits. We're looking for the weirdest, least explicable. We're looking for the weirdest, least explicable, and most awkward objects that the USA has shoved inside their various holes. God bless America, and its orify. What's is orifices? Is that right? What's plural for orifice? You know what? It sounds similar to octopus and octopi. Mm -hmm. So as far as the English language goes, that sounds like a safe bet. I wonder if any of these did have multiple orify problems. Or if it was, you know, one week it's the ear, then it's the nose, then it's the rexum. I wonder if anyone's gone in and gone, yeah, I've got got this cotton bud shoved up my nose. Also, you're not going to believe this, but I sat on a shampoo bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Do I have to go back out and come back in again? I'm, t- I'm not talking about the object. I mean the writing room. You have to pick which one comes out first and then come back the next day. <laughs> Objects sorted by orifice working south. We'll begin, Pat, in the ear. Did this item get reported as stuck in someone's ear according to the Consumer Product Safety Commission's database of emergency room visits? In the ear, did someone find potpourri? Hmm. Isn't that very fine? And I imagine I could get it in the ear. Yes, that was in an ear. It's correct. 
at one point. Potpourri was found in an ear of a patient in Minnesota. Gasoline. Where was that? There's no way. That would burn. Is incorrect. It was, in fact, correct. Gasoline was found in the ear of a small boy in Texas. Oh, in the ear? I don't know if the father mixed up the car with a child. It's easy to do. Put a funnel in his ear. You know, Americans. They're not listening, are they? Well, they probably can't hear us. They've got gasoline in their ears. <laughs> um, did a this object come, uh, according to the uh, Consumer Product Safety Commission's database of emergency room visits, was a hairbrush found in an ear? No way. It's there couldn't have been. Correct. There was no hairbrush. There was a toy sticky hand. Nice. Move on now to the nose area and... Uh, in all the emergency room visits in the United States this year, did anyone get candle wax shoved up their nose? How, though? Why would you have a candle up your nose? And how would it be a hot candle that the wax could get up there? I don't think you've been to enough BDSM parties, Patrick. <laughs> if hanging from a garage in suburbia, a little bit bored with leather tassels on your nipples, n- tassels on your nipples as well. <laughs> then you might well end up with some candle wax up your nose. Well, this is the case of a resident of New Mexico. It doesn't say whether it was male or female, I'm afraid. Candle wax up the bugle. Guy, gotta be a guy. Did this get found in someone's nose? A windscreen wiper. Windshield wiper. No chance. It's way too big. They can't make them that small. Is correct. There was no... Windshield wiper in a nose. There would be a deadly accident if there was. Um, there was someone that had, had a penny stuck up their nostril, which doesn't surprise me, but the, the amount of people that proclaimed that they were attempting to do a magic trick was their excuse. It might have been. I mean, there's no sexuality, is there? In Would you get off on a penny up your nose? No, but I have. there is some nose play videos out there. Oh, shut up. I'm not kidding. What do you mean? Um, where people who have, like, a fetish for, uh, like, you know, boogers in the insides of people's nostrils. No, oh. I mean, they'll, go, they'll do anything these days. Is there days. anything that people haven't thought of? I don't know. It's I've seen ones there. where they eat hair. It's gross. He said. Definitely the right follow-up to that statement. Well, have we got to do another break, or can I keep going? Yeah, one quick oh. one. We'll come back with um, what's been found in a vagina and direct some. Do you think it's sort of lost some of its journalistic integrity, the show, or...? This is probably the bluest show we've done. (laughs) (laughs) You're tuned in to The Vinnie White Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Uh, When we left, we were talking about the Consumer Product Safety Commission and the USA and their database of emergency room visits and looking at what Americans got stuck inside themselves this year. And uh, we'd been through the year, we'd got onto the nose, um, and I'm quizzing Pat on were these objects found or not. We're moving on now to the... I don't really want to say that word, even though it is... I find sometimes the scientific words make it sound worse. Let's call it a lady pocket. Um... Was a makeup brush found in one of those? Yep. Is correct. <laughs> uh, I've had some girlfriends do some funny things okay, on the way to right. work. <laughs> With makeup just getting ready, bad stuff happens. Oh. Was in a man's love sausage, was a pencil found? 
Yeah, but that had to hurt. Yes, it did. Oh, also, God. I don't know what the drawing looked like, but it can't have been that good. Ah. Well, I, I didn't a... even imagine sharpened. You wouldn't believe what fellas have been putting in themselves. There's, it says here a magnet. Why would you do that? Because that, would that be... <laughs> if you did that, if you put a magnet in your... Gentlemen's excuse me. Would you then, like, just accidentally be pinned to cars as would... you're walking down the road? Or if you open a door, would it just be... The door not just be... <laughs> I, yeah, but... <laughs> There has to be more explanation on a magnet. Because would a magnet work inside you? I guess if it gets so close... There's only one way of finding out, Pat, oh, and you're welcome for that. Uh, finally, I suppose we'll we'll land in the in the you know the rear bit. I'm losing faith in this as an article because it's getting a bit too blue, isn't it? Let's just say that everything you can possibly imagine has um, has been up there. It's not, I'm not Howard Stern. I find no enjoyment in being this blue. Let's leave you with something a little bit nicer. Uh, here's a, little, a final story from this week and a little bit of a cheerful one and not too blue for once. Uh, everyone has picked up the phone to find a flustered, misdialed person on the line, but it's not every day the wrong number was punched in from space. Yes, I leave you with the news that this week the British astronaut Tim Peake took to Twitter to apologise for what could pass as probably the most prominent telephone misfire of all time. He tweeted, I'd like to apologise to the lady I just called by mistake saying, hello, is this planet Earth? It wasn't a prank call. I just got the wrong number, he tweeted, as he'd phoned her from the International Space Station. That's funny. See, we don't have to degrade ourselves like this. You disgust me. It's only my fault. I don't know why I did it, really. It's all right. If you're going to complaints, if you could send your complaints to any other radio station. Uh, nice to be here. Always a pleasure. Never a chore. See you next week and indeed next year. Cheers, Pat. Cheers, folks. Happy New Year.